Welcome to the No Picks After Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, I have a special guest on the podcast. We have Jack. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Hey, thank you for coming on No Picks After Dark Podcast. Um, this season, I'll be talking about highlighting local, local businesses and whatnot. And I found your business to be very, very unique. And um, I know I reached out to you on Twitter. And tell us a little bit about your business. Sure. Uh, Sugar is a sex-positive, education-focused sex toy store. We are both uh, a brick-and-mortar store and on the internet. Okay. And um, give the listeners a background of like how you got into this business as far as a sex shop. Absolutely. Well, I've worked in reproductive health care or sex ed uh, my entire life. I started out working in administration and at a Planned Parenthood affiliate at the Planned Parenthood of Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota. And then I moved to the East Coast. And while, and I loved the work that I did. And eventually it got really hard because we were coming at everything from a disease-based model. And I got a little burned out. And I moved to New York City and basically begged Babeland, which was Toys and Babeland then, which is one of the, which is like the third sex positive store to open in the United States. They had a store in Seattle and then they opened a store in New York. They now have three stores in New York and a store in Seattle and their websites run out of Oakland and basically begged them to hire me. And it was such joy to be able to do very, very similar work teaching people about sex, teaching people about their bodies, teaching people about safety, but to be able to come at it from a, if you do this, it'll feel good, and it's not going to put you in harm's way in any way. And rather than, this is, I have to tell you something, you have chlamydia, you have to drink this, it tastes really terrible, and now we have to talk about who else we need to notify and get in for treatment. That both of those are parts of sex education and harm reduction that all need to happen. And it's really nice to be able to do the fun part of it. Wow. So growing up, was your family conservative? Was your family liberal? Just, you know, how this all come about for you? Um, I think my family was conservative to middle probably. Uh, My father's a Lutheran minister. He's retired now. My mom was a teacher and a principal. And she, and so I was definitely raised to believe that sex was something that should be inside of marriage between a man and a woman. And I was also raised to believe that that's because sex is an enormous gift from God, not because it makes you dirty, or if you have sex before marriage, you're like a piece of gum stuck on the bottom of somebody's shoe, which is what abstinence-only education teaches. And I was also raised, uh, Lutherans are raised to think for themselves. You know, Lutherans started with Martin Luther, who was, you know, had a couple questions, 99 of them, in fact, that he nailed to the door of a church. And so, you know, Lutherans vote a lot in church. They challenge each other a lot. So it wasn't, I was always expected to come up with my own opinions. So, I mean, you switch careers into kind of, is it a big switch, you would say? Going from, no. not, not at all, okay. No, not at all. So what do you tell your parents when you like say, hey, I'm working like a little bit older, say, hey, I'm doing what I'm doing. And like, what's your thoughts on that? I- I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. 
Gotcha. Uh, they've worked here. They've come here and wow. helped out. Like I worked Columbus Pride once, and my mom came and worked in the booth, and I kept being like, Mom, stop talking to people. <laughs> like You can help bring people up, but don't try to explain what that toy is for because you don't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I mean what how did you end up in Baltimore? I mean you were in New York, you're a uh, Bayland. Yeah. How does this even Oh well I had been in Baltimore before that. Okay, okay, yeah. you've been in Baltimore for that. And yeah. you had the idea of having your own shop in Baltimore. Right. So I worked in New York for a couple years, uh, through nine eleven and all of that, and was offered the opportunity to manage Babeland, which at the time the salary wasn't something that would make it comfortable to live in New York City. Especially, it would have been fine maybe if I, we didn't have dogs, but we did. And so, <laughs> if you don't have dogs, one of the things you might not realize is any apartment that takes dogs is more expensive. And so, uh, and also, what we were paying for our apartment in Bushwick was more than what I was paying for the mortgage on my house in Fells Point. Wow. Um, so, um, <laughs> which, by the way, I was still paying. Um, wow. And so, we decided to move back to Baltimore. And then I went and worked for a community-based organization in West Baltimore that did outreach and worked primarily on servicing and providing services to women in crisis and transition and at very high risk for HIV and AIDS. And then I worked for the state health department overseeing grants for uh, Ryan White, which is the Ryan White is the federal program that provides funding for services for people living with HIV and AIDS. Awesome. That's awesome. So I was just, we were talking before I got here and before we came on, and growing up is very taboo. You know, I, I, I guarantee if I told my mom was in a suck shop right now, she would probably look at me weird. <laughs> because I remember growing up, and my family was different. It was like, you know, sex is just between man and woman. We don't talk about this. You know, you, right. you walk past a suck shop. You're a little kid. You're like, what's, what's that? What's going on right there? And it was like, stay away from it. You, it was always presented as heathens. Right. Heathens do that. You know, you know, they love sex. This is what they do. You know, you always have that stereotype in your mind. The shady guy with the trench coat. Right. With the glasses on. And yeah. That, that's what the perception was. How can you change that perception to people nowadays as far as getting them on that path saying, you know what? It's not dirty. It's not bad. It's a place that's educating you as an individual. Right. I, I think that, first of all, I just encourage people to try to walk in the door. And sometimes that can be pretty scary and feel really daunting. I was nervous today. Right. Good. I'm glad. Congratulations <laughs> for having the guts to walk in here. I'm serious. Like, it's not always easy. Like, I've had people walk in the door and just start crying. I've had people walk in the door, turn four different shades of red, which I did the first time I walked into a sex toy store. Um, I've had people walk in the door and then act all kinds of inappropriate, which usually... Is usually is the result of somebody feeling uncomfortable and not knowing how they're supposed to act. So we usually like kind of demonstrate how somebody's supposed to act, and most of the times people will, you know, well, get in and, line. And it's funny because I had a uh, talking to a couple of men yesterday, and I was saying uh, where I was going, and they said, "What are you going to do there? Like, are you like?" And it goes back to the movie. I don't know if you've seen Old School, uh -huh. and there's a scene when the guy's teaching them the wives how to do certain things uh -huh. with the toys and whatnot yeah. and they're like is it gonna be something weird like that or is it you know because it's again it's still taboo it's still yeah. something that i know a lot of my guy friends will never step foot into it how do you bridge right. that gap of getting men and women right to come into a place that 
is actually safe. And I felt comfortable once I walked in. I was like, oh. <laughs> I know what these things are. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think one of the things is is that most people have sex, right? Correct. There's some people who are asexual, and that's not a thing for them. Um, although some asexual people do choose to engage in sex, and but for the vast majority of the population, sex is something that they choose to do, and for many of those people, it's something that brings them joy. The thing is that bodies are different and bodies do all kinds of different things. And sometimes it can be fun to add in a tool. Sometimes it's necessary in order to achieve orgasm or to experience more pleasure, especially around aging or acquired disabilities or anything like that. Sex toys can actually be adaptive devices. And so what I really encourage people to do is to try walking in the door, sort of look around, see what happens. And what you might find is that there's something in here that would be useful for you or fun for you or spice things up for you. I always encourage people to think of sex toys as tools, right? Like a vibrator can provide stimulation uh, at a level that is physically impossible to provide with a body part. And so one of the analogies I always use is if somebody's used power tools, right? Correct. Um, if you've got a big sheet of plywood and you need to cut it in half, are you going to use a hacksaw or are you going to use a table saw? Right? Yeah. Okay, okay, I like it. I You're like going to use a table saw. Okay. The vibrator's the table saw. Got you. Wow, I, I never uh, thought of it in that way. Now, how do you, I mean, as far as when you came to Hamden, you uh -huh. came in 2007, is that correct? Yes. Okay. How did you go across, like, hey, I'm opening up a sex shop 2007 in Hamden? Because right. I, I, if I recall, I moved back here in 2003. Uh-huh. I didn't know a Hamden until recently. And now, oh, okay. now I live down the street. How did the community embrace you at first when you walked in this community? They were amazing. So when it came time to open the store, I mean, I've lived in Baltimore now for about 20 years. Uh, and during that time, I had thought about opening a sex toy store and thought about where I would open it. And I've spent a lot of time in the various neighborhoods. As we know, Baltimore is really neighborhood specific. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I fell in love about, about Hamden, is that... It's all small businesses. It's all local businesses. And that's very intentional, as a matter of fact. The Hamden Village Merchants Association has a policy that they want this to be all local businesses. And that's why if somebody comes in and they want a zoning change and they're a chain, they're not going to get support from the from the Merchants Association. Okay. Right? Um, and so being in... As a result of that, small businesses support each other. Like, we know what it's like to fight to try to make payroll one month. We know what it's like to have to deal with jumping through hoops for the city. And so we kind of take care of each other. Before I open to this store, um, finding somebody that'll rent to a sex toy store is sometimes challenging. Okay. Uh, and I managed to do that. And then in a space that was good for us. And then I also made sure that I went to the Merchants Association and explained who I was, what my background was, what the store was gonna be like. We also, our first store didn't have any windows. Okay, so this is the second store. This is the second store. Okay, all right. And so I was able to be like, look, you're not gonna have to worry at all about like walking past and having your kid be like, what's that at that window? I mean, I would never do that because I think consent is a crucial part of what we do. And I don't want people to see things that, they, that they're that they not ready to see or that they don't want to see or don't ever want to see. 
And so that's part of why our windows are frosted. It's for consent, it's not legally required. Um, and it's also for privacy. So people can shop and buy things without having to worry about who's walking by in the street, seeing them hold whatever it is they're holding in their hand. Because people deserve to have privacy if they want it. There's nothing shameful going on in here at all. And also, there's a difference between shame and respect. And so we respect people's choices and their choices to share what they want to share and not share what they don't want to share. No, it's just interesting because I was walking in here and I'm like, are people looking at me? Because <laughs> these are these are the things, I mean, I, I'm a grown-ass man and I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling insecure. Yeah. Very insecure going in here. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm looking all around like, do I know anybody? Do you think I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing? And yeah. that's what was going through my mind. Now, you've been here since 07. Yes. Um, you've seen shops come and go. Yes. What things have you been doing to keep you going and to keep that vibe going of your shop? The people I work with are absolutely incredible and have been since the day we opened our doors. And uh, obviously they've changed over the years, but I, we've been privileged to work with amazing, amazing staff. In addition, our customers are, and I'm obviously biased, but I'm really positive that our customers are the best customers in the country. They're kind, they're generous with their partners, they tell other people about the store, it's just we're super super blessed now how about the community you serve a great community in baltimore yeah tell me what you've gained and the love you share with baltimore and sharing back with the community i love this city so so much um and i think one of like we i've learned so much from baltimore in general uh as a white woman moving to a majority black city i learned a lot that i should have known before I moved here. Um, and also, I've learned a lot from the way that people take care of each other in this city. And so that's been really powerful. In the Midwest, we take care of each other for sure. Mm -hmm. um, we're just a little bit less forward about it. And, and also, sometimes um, one of the things I found that in Baltimore City, especially when I first moved here and I lived in Fells and I lived in an alley house, those alley houses, like, you know your neighbor's business. Um, like, doesn't matter, especially if y'all don't have air conditioning and it's summer. Like, you know everything about everybody. And because of that, nobody was judging anything. Because we couldn't. <laughs> because, I mean, everybody to everybody. Right, exactly. So, I guess I'm looking around in your shop. I walk in, it's amazing. Thank you. I, like I said, I, 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 I'm telling all listeners out here right now. When you come to Baltimore, stop by the shop and we'll get into where it's located and address it and all the uh, yeah. Instagram accounts. We'll get there. Yeah. But I was like, this is my first time here. And I'm like, I don't know anything about sex shops. I, I know nothing about them. Right. I, you know, you guilty confession, you know, you learn most of the sex shops I learned was off of a HBO show. It was, the, uh, I can't think it was a sex HBO Real Sex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's how yeah. I learned. Yeah. <laughs> from TV. Well, how do you counter that? I mean, like... Well, we just don't look like your traditional sex toy store. <laughs> right. I mean, I've had people say... I've had people call us... You know, we're more of a boutique. I've had people say we sort of like going to Nordstrom's or going to the Apple store or something like that, which mm -hmm. I think is praise that is way too high. Um, but when you come into our store, first of all, we're, we're clean. Um, I saw that. It's very, that. That's one thing I always look at when I walk into a store. 
than these. Yeah, no, it's it's super important. Uh, second of all, all of the products are out on tables that, by the way, most of them we built. And um, see, I know about table saw. There you go. Um, there you and, go. Um, and so the products are laid out so you can pick them up, you can touch them, you can turn them on, you can see the difference between vibration, you can feel the difference between squishiness, you can feel all of those things. And then we have really well-educated staff that will greet you when you come in the door. Um, they're not going to stalk you, but they're going to be available to you. And they're more than happy to answer all of your questions. The truth is, like, a lot of the stuff, you might look at it, it's not necessarily intuitive, right? You might right. be like, what the hell is that? Like, and so we're here to be able to be like, this is what it's for. And it doesn't have mean that it's for you. Like, one of the things that we get asked a lot is like, what's the most popular toy? And we do everything in our power to not answer that question right. because what's most popular might not be the best toy for the person standing in front of us. I will say, it did feel like Apple experience coming in. <laughs> only, only, the only reason why I can say that is that because I was recently in California uh -huh. and I went into a marijuana shop out there. Uh -huh. And they were like, this is the Apple Apple store marijuana shop. Yeah. And it was very clean. And it, it reminded me of this. Because I was yeah. like, it was very clean oriented and your your people probably has are very educated on the product. Right, right. And cleanliness and education goes a long way. It does. How do you guys counter e-commerce? How do you sure. fight against the big bag with Amazon? Right. You know, let's be honest here. Most people say, you know what? I can go Amazon, get what I gotta uh -huh. get, keep it going. Okay, so rule number one of sex toys, do not ever buy your sex toys on Amazon. <laughs> and the reason being, okay. I can't tell you the number of people I know who've gotten uh, counterfeit toys off of Amazon. So they go on Amazon, they think they're buying um, the original magic wand, which is one of the most popular sex toys in the world. And they get it, it looks like it, but it's not it. Um, it breaks in, they paid $65 for it, and it breaks in less than a month or never works coming out of the box and they can't get in touch with the person that sold it to them. And that's actually why a lot of um, the upper end sex toys will no longer sell on Amazon unless, or will no longer allow their toys to be sold on Amazon. And that way, because it's not good for the manufacturer, right? Like you think you bought a WeVibe product and then it breaks right away. And then WeVibe's like, I'm sorry, that's not actually ours. Like that's not good for their company. Wow. And so that's number one. Number two one of the retail's not going away like brick and mortar retail will be here forever and the reason is if i want to buy a 20 pack of toilet paper I, I don't need somebody to help me pick it out i don't i just i want it at my house so amazon or one of the other um online retailers it's a great option for that but if there's something that i want to buy that i need to try on if there's something I want to buy that I have questions about or I'm not sure, like, do I get this size or that size, you really need to go to a brick and mortar store. And that's where they call it like a retail experience, right? So you go in, you talk to somebody, they help you pick it out, you leave feeling like you made a good decision, and you're far more likely to get what it is that you really need. I can't tell you the number of customers that have come in here and been like hey I bought this thing on the internet and it got there and I was like whoa that is not what I thought it was gonna be right like the texture is different or the size is a little different than they thought it was and you know like it's hard to buy a dildo on the internet unless you know exactly what you're buying because for a lot of people if somebody tells me five inches so like I measure out five inches and <laughs> it tells me the diameter like really high school geometry was a while ago like um and then it comes in you're like oh shit that is not gonna 
That's, I, I've never thought what? of that perspective until you just said that. Yeah. I never did. I, I That was one of the questions that I had yeah. a couple people wanted to ask about Amazon because that's a big competitor. But what you just said right there, you blow my mind because I just never have thought that deep about it. Yeah. Wow. So, and then I guess, how do you educate your customers? I see you have a workshop area in the back. We do. And I read about it a little bit online, but I wanted yeah. you to talk about it more so about sure. what you guys have to offer. I saw that look really cool. So... Explain. Yeah. We have a, we are able because we have a standalone workshop area, we're able to offer workshops that are both bigger and smaller. When we have a bigger workshop, we'll have it during a time when the store is closed so that there's room and it's not uh, distracting for people. But we're also able to like have a workshop that we expect will only have like six to fifteen people. And we can do those when the store is open. So we're, with the variety that we're able to provide in um, our education and our um, Alicia Alan is our um, education coordinator or director of education and so she reaches out to uh, educators from around the country we can't afford to pay people to come here uh, but we're able to offer a small like stipend and then we also split the door with the presenter mm -hmm. and so that helps us cover our costs we don't actually end up profiting we try to break even and then what we're able to do is provide our community with a variety of education. Uh, our workshop topics cover anything from basic techniques of various sex things um, to relationships, to open relationships, to BDSM, to rope, to uh, sex and menopause, to sex after uh, cancer, to all kinds of all kinds of things. So it seems like you're out there educating the public. We try. And one of the other things we always try to do is to make sure that our educators are sort of across the map in terms of race and class and gender and, ex and lived experience. Because the truth is, like, somebody might have an easier time getting information from somebody who looks like me. Somebody might have an easier time accepting information from somebody who looks like you. Like, it's just everybody's different and so we want to try to make sure that we're really reaching and building a space that is creates different inclusive environments now do you have freaking diverse speakers that come in so mm -hmm. you know somebody looks like me or like somebody looks right. like you yeah do you how do you accommodate that we do it on purpose okay okay, okay. <laughs> and, um and we'll explicitly you know reach out to different different kinds of people and it's not just like ethnicity um but it's also like like I said, it's about class. It's about lived experience. It's about all of that. So how would you get a 39-year-old male like myself? Because uh -huh. I'm now I'm curious. Yeah. How could you get, How would you market to me yeah. to come here and get a class? Because now I'm intrigued. Sure. I mean, you, 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 are you, you're, and this is what this pod is about. Yeah. I want to I highlight your business. Yeah. I want people to come here. I want people not to be afraid, ashamed. Right. How would you market that to me? How would you get a class? Because... To me, as a black male, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm macho. I don't need to. I don't need this. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. I think. Sure. I think we think, oh, we got porn hubs. You know. Right. That, that, that teaches yeah. me what. Cause, sure. Because sex is nearly not like porn hub. Yeah. Obviously. Porn is a really terrible <laughs> sex educator. I mean, one of the thing, one of my favorite sex educators once said, you know, trying, trying to learn about sex from watching porn is like trying to learn how to drive from watching Fast and the Furious. <laughs> people get hurt. Right. <laughs> like, right. It's right, not, right. It's not useful. Uh, but one of the things I always say to people um, of, of anybody is there is sex is infinite. 
And one of the things I love about my job is that I will never know all of the things there are to know. And if you think you know all of the things there are to know, you need to take a step back because you're wrong. Like there is always more to know. And I have never had anybody leave my class without having learned something. And so I think that, and also I think that one of the things that happens when you make the choice to step out of your comfort zone and go to an, a workshop on sex is you've already made yourself a better lover, right? Right, right? Like you've already been like, okay, I care enough about my partner and about my own experience that I'm going to do something that makes me feel a little uncomfortable. It's safe. I know I heard that podcast. That lady sounded fine. Um, and so I'm going to go there and I'm going to see what happens. And you can always leap. Like, that's one of the things I say at the beginning of all of our workshops is like, I'm an adult. If you're bored, if you're uncomfortable, if you don't want to be here, go. It's okay. I'm not going to chase you down. I'm not going to be offended. I can take it. And also, go to the bathroom when you want to. Like, take care of yourself. You're grown. Now, do you see a lot of males coming here? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, okay. Yeah. Do you so, see a lot of married couples coming here? Absolutely. Okay. Um, now, I'm just trying to get an idea of just the people that step foot in here sure the oldest person um i've had in a workshop was in his 80s okay um the youngest we've had were like 18 year olds 19 okay. year olds i mean what obviously we don't let people in who are younger than that okay so i, I love that serves every, everybody it yeah i mean it doesn't serve everybody of oh, course but almost, we serve as oh, many yeah, people do. as we can um and and one of the things i really love is i mean the diversity of the people that we serve and and I mean that in all kinds of ways, right? Like, mm -hmm. so from conservative humans to, um, like, liberal people who are coming from their commune, you know, like... Conservatives come here? No, yeah, I'm joking. Yeah, they do. That was a joke, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, don't, that sounds interesting. And, and like, it was interesting the way I found her it was on Twitter. And I was like, yeah. I was like, wow, this lady really got her shit going on. Like, she's, you know... <laughs> On other on, on, on topics I don't like I don't talk about in the pod, but I was like, wow. And then you know I did a little more investigating on, the, on, the, on what she does and reached out. You know, said, hey, she can say no, get the hell away. I don't have time for this. But it was very nice that you did take time. Oh, thank you so for much this. for so thinking I, of me. I really though. appreciate it because I think a lot of people there's so many taboos and misconceptions right. about this. And again, I had three guys last night. They're like. What's going on? What, like, what really happens there? Like, do you, are you are you are you nervous to go in there? Like, I was like, no, I'm fine. But it was funny. I was walking down Rolling Ave, and it was like I felt. I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones or not. Maybe you may not. Yeah, yeah. I felt like Cersei about to walk like Shane, <laughs> and I felt like I was walking down the hill to your. Store, and I'm like, <sighs> at least you were wearing clothes. I was. I was. I was sweating <laughs> like a like a preacher lying on a congregation on Sunday. That's how bad it was. And you have made this experience very comfortable for me to come in. Thank you. And I commend you on that because that's your personality and that's who you are. And I can only imagine somebody taking a class or a workshop here and getting the same experience of how you're telling. And this is why I want people to support local, help your local businesses out. You know, this town isn't, as they, some people call it, a piece of shit. It is, this town is beautiful and there's a lot of beautiful individuals that uplift this town. And, 100%. So, I mean, go ahead. I don't want to take anything from your, your store, but, you know, it's a beautiful store. And, I mean, what would you say, I mean, what would you say to your young, younger self? Like, like how would, what would you say to your younger self looking back? Like, would you have done this as younger self or what would you say? 
Uh, well, I mean, I did do it as a younger yeah. self. Um, yeah, I think I probably would have uh, told myself to spend a little bit less money at first. Um, but we all do. We, we all go through those phases. I, I get but, it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, to just hang in there. I mean... One of the things I love about this job for me is that I'm, it requires all of my skill set, right? Like, mm -hmm. I need to know how to do a budget. I need to know how to talk to people. I need to know how to, like, listen to people and figure out what people want and what they need and try to make sure we have it. Uh, I need to know how to be supportive to my coworkers. I need to know when to like sometimes come down harder on somebody who's a coworker, and other times where it just needs to be all love. Like you know, and so it's it's a huge gift to be able to do this work. Now, what's your turnaround? If I'm a consumer. I come in here. You don't have it on the show. Uh -huh. What's the turnaround for getting the product back? It, normally, typical like an estimate time. Um, for most stuff, it's like a. A week or less. Okay. Uh, for other things, it's longer than that because uh, some things are handmade, and okay. uh, so it can take some time. Do you see a lot of bachelorette parties coming through here? Because uh, like, you always see these things of women walking around in Fells Point <laughs> with the penis in the nose and yeah, yeah, all yeah. these little things, and I always wonder where do they get these things from. Right. So I just so, curious about funny that. Funny story. Okay. Um, I when we first opened, I was like, we're not going to carry any of that crap. It's like it's not sex positive, really. Like no. it's. Um, sex exploitive and Correct. you know whatever we're not going to do that mm -hmm. um, but people have fun with it it's all you know whatever not going to yuck anybody's yum so then one day somebody called me and <laughs> she was like do you have bachelorette supplies and I was like no and she's like well where am I supposed to go and I'm like you know Spencer's at the mall and she was like oh, I have to go there and I was like oh I'm sorry I'm being a jerk and um, right. so okay. we started carrying bachelorette supplies I feel um, like Spencer's was the only place back in the day for that yeah and now when you think about it I haven't wow you, that's an old name I, yeah right they're still Spencer's, there. wow they are and there's a niche yeah wow so, so that that is so what would you say like I said to Baltimore again as far as anybody who's new listening to podcasts would they sell yourself not sell yourself but tell yeah, them yeah. about about the business and just, you know, why you should come if you're in town visiting. Um, right. Go ahead. Well, you should totally come in because, first of all, we're going to provide you with really good information. You're going to get the best quality product at the best price for you. And you're going to walk out of here with something that is going to bring just a little extra spark of joy and passion to your life. Well, I appreciate you taking time out your day. I know you're busy and Scott, and like I said, I'm blown away. I'm going to sit in here and shop a little bit, maybe, and just <laughs> see what I got going on. But I, I will hold me to this, please. Yes. I will come and do a workshop. Awesome. And uh, I'm curious because then that might be a part two podcast because I'm honestly curious about awesome. what's behind the curtain. Awesome. Because you always, you, you don't, you can't criticize, you can't judge until you really go inside and find out what's really going on. It's true. So I appreciate you. For coming on the podcast, I appreciate you taking a chance. And thank you and so thank much. Thank you for coming All right, on folks, the podcast. Thanks for listening. Could you no please give everybody your address, Instagram, sure. Twitter, all Absolutely. these social networks? I don't know Reddit. I don't know what else nowadays. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, you can find us in person at 1001 West 36th Street on the corner of 36th and Roland. You can find us online at www.sugartheshop.com. 
Our Instagram is at SugarBaltimore, and my Twitter is at SugarJack, that's J-A-C-Q, but watch out, it's a lot of criminal justice reform and political talk. Yeah, that, that's a live podcast. That's a live, live Twitter feed. I will tell anybody <laughs> that. Buckle your seatbelt for that. Are there any other platforms you're on right now? No. Just- oh, and we're also we're on Facebook. Okay, yeah. so go ahead. With Facebook, Sugar Baltimore. Because Facebook's still the number one yeah. social media. So. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say? No, sir. Thank you. All right.